The opinions and views expressed on this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information about the show or other programs on KUCI, please log on to KUCI.org for the latest program schedule. Hey, what's up? This is Angela and Leslie from uh, Slam Dunk. We're from Canada. You're listening to KUCI in Irvine, and we're going through the tubes. You're listening to Real People of Orange County, and I'm your host, Kimberly Martin. This show is a fun and informative look inside the lives of Orange County's best and brightest. These are people who serve their community in a meaningful capacity on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Well, hey, good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon. How are you today? Uh, Not bad. This is Heather McCoy talking. It is. The one, the only, and the original. <laughs> the one. Well, actually, I, I don't. I don't think we're Facebook friends yet. But I found there's other Heather McCoys. Oh. There's a uh, Penn State Spanish teacher that's a Heather McCoy, and I found the Southern Hillbilly woman that uh, was arrested on three charges of battery. And I posted her um, her mugshot, and I'm like, well, my twin and name only is like my Southern <laughs> evils hillbilly self. Well, obviously, so. you're not looking for a gainful employment anymore with that Facebook uh, relationship on the page. <laughs> no, well, you know what? Here's the thing: like, like, um, I don't pick, I don't post pic- pictures of myself drinking on Facebook. I right. just have fun on Facebook, and if an employer can't realize that, right, we're not a match. Yeah. So screw it anyways. That's, it's so hard. I know. It's just And it's a, a form of fascism. It's like creeping into your personal life. Yes, but you're for, like they said you're letting it in. So I'm letting what in? Not you personally, um us as humans, as us as, you know, oh. citizens we're sort of letting that into our lives yeah. by displaying our personal lives in this yeah. way. Yeah. I mean, we are, but I mean at the same time there is a life outside of your job. Yeah, I guess. And and the the Europeans understand that more than we do. Maybe so. Well, <laughs> yeah. did I ever did I get to tell you a little bit about my trip to Italy? It was um Were you in Italy again? Not again. Oh. Just that one time. Just that one time. <laughs> Don't okay. you remember subbing for me? I remember <laughs> that, but I thought you were multiple times. No, no, I just went for the two weeks. Okay. And, and I Oh my gosh, it was so much fun. But they spend way too much time eating and drinking, that is for sure. I, I definitely, you, you can only ha- do that lifestyle on vacation because you can't really get anything done. Well, I don't think they're as morbidly obese as we are. Yeah, I don't know how because <laughs> I went I went there on a gluten-free uh, diet and couldn't be gluten-free to save my life while I was yeah, there. Yeah, that it would was, be a good question is how they stay thin with all those carbs. So something we're doing is wrong. Yeah. We must have some sort of weird combination going on. Yeah, probably. But, but I was I was impressed with myself to some degree because I well I'm a bit of a fatty these days. And this is not this is not you know who I am in my mind. This is not who I <laughs> know myself to be. But apparently it's you know I have a whole group of friends that have that know me and have never seen the thin me. They just know me as a, you know a cute little chunky gal. <laughs> Do you feel sorry for me? Yeah, somewhat. <laughs> well, because I was able to get most of my weight off, I still have at least probably fifteen pounds left. But oh no, I've got a good fifty. I need to. I need to think <laughs> a good about 50. Uh, think about saying sayonara too. But it was really interesting because I was so worried that I would miss out on my experience while I was there because I'm not in good shape anymore. And um, just you, you're afraid that you couldn't walk as far as everybody else. Yeah, or? I mean the terrain is different, so I, I planned really well to have good shoes. Um, I wanted to be able to take hikes if we were in the t- hills of Tuscany and walk around. I mean, I guess I was a little bit lucky in that it rained the whole time, so hiking was somewhat out of the question. But, yeah, um, there's all these little hill towns that you want to explore. Medieval hill towns are like castle towns. Uh huh. Lots of stairs and steps. I do um, watch Rick Steves. Yeah. And there was this one, oh, there's this one, the Duomo in Florence that everybody says, you have to go, you have to uh-huh. go. And so I stood in line with, you know, I was with the boys, my husband and our oldest son. And and I said, oh, we got to go in and see this quickly before it closes. You know, let's just hope they let us in. Let's hope they let us in. And I got us in the line, paid the toll. And then instead of turning right to go inside the cathedral and look up at the beautiful drum, they turned us to the left and put us into this horribly claustrophobic 
um, stairwell. And they said, okay, now you got to climb up 462 steps to the top. And I'm like, what? I didn't even know what I had just paid for. I had just paid to climb to the top of this, you know, thing. Well, at least <laughs> the Duomo. You, well, you got, a stair, you got a staircase walk out. With I, got a stair, I got a stairmaster. And yeah. I thought I was going to die. I was, you know, you know heart palpitations and, <laughs> you know, perspiring. And um, I'd have to stop every now and then. There was people's backsides in front of me and people's front sides behind me. And I mean, it was just, it was a harrowing experience. And I thought, you know, this is just not how it's supposed to be in our 40. We're not supposed to be like this. This is not, this is not good. Yeah. Whatever, whatever ever happened to the the Americans with access rules where you have to have a ramp. Oh, well, no, I wouldn't expect anybody to push me. You know what the other thing too is, um, did they have a did they have signs along the wall saying how many steps are left? Like, no, 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 no. Oh. We're talking, you know, this is, they, they don't, they don't take care of you in the way they coddle you here in this country. But I mean, I was, I was excited because for the first time in a really long time, mm-hmm. I experienced this thing that people call a real sense of satisfaction in accomplishing something. And, um, I don't, I, I would hear people discuss this and I thought, well, that's kind of ridiculous. I'm not really interested in a sense of satisfaction for, you know, having climbed to the top of something. But, you know, this was my own little personal triumph was, you know, I just didn't, I didn't stop. I kept going. And there were multiple times where I really probably for, you know, health reasons should have turned around and went down, but I didn't, I kept going. And, um, you know, I used, you know, several different modalities to get me to the top. One of them being, peer pressure one of them being i didn't want to suffer any of the uh, insults that i knew my husband would give me or your kids um yeah i didn't care so much about the strangers behind me because but there wasn't really enough room for me to get out of their way and let them pass because the stairwell was so narrow yeah um so you know it was interesting and i guess i tell the story because we have with us in the studio um a guest today who is a gal who takes people on such such adventures and um her name is marilyn mcgowan and i want to welcome marilyn into the studio she is the ceo of uncharted journeys and it's a california-based adventure company offering uh, innovative inspirational and life-changing travel experiences so i'm going to share i share that story with you because i think marilyn's going to help me unravel what i just went through marilyn welcome to the studio thank you kimberly i'm thrilled to be here and for me, this is an adventure, and that's what I Be, deal being in. Being on air with me. <laughs> Absolutely. I've never been in a radio studio before, so this is fantastic. So just one more adventure. One more adventure. Well, good. Well, help me unravel what I just went through. Well, you did find out what it feels like to accomplish not a goal, because you didn't even know you were getting yourself into it. So that that's, that's quite interesting. But... Um, that's a similar to what one feels having climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, which is what I did, which is what got this whole thing started for me. That was your first journey that got you think. Oh, see, so you, you, I let myself off easy. <laughs> yes, I think you did, actually. Yes. Uh, my, my journey actually all started about 10 years ago. And um, my then husband had gone off with his friends to climb Mount McKinley in Alaska. And they spent tens of thousands of dollars and months of training to go do this. And he got up there and he got pneumonia. Oh, and while he was on, couldn't do on it. the mountain He top? didn't even make it to the mountain. Oh, geez. And so he couldn't do it. Now, before he went, I kind of got to thinking and I thought, you know, I want to plan the next trip. For the two of you, you mean? Right. If we're going to spend Boku bucks I want to be involved in what we're going to do. Because so those treks are rather, rather expensive. Yes, they are. Right? So I thought, well, you know, I'm going to have to sell this to them. I mean, for me personally, Hawaii, rum punch, beaches. Yeah. Be Sounds perfect. great. But I thought, you know, i got to make this really good. So I said, let's go to Africa and we'll climb Mount Kilimanjaro and then we'll go on a safari. And he said, okay. But if you're going to go climb a 19,000-foot mountain first, you need to climb a 14,000-foot mountain. He told you this. Yes. Hmm. He said, you need to climb Mount Whitney, 
which which is is our pretty local summit it around here. Is, if you wanted to get yourself acclimated, it, well, to the it's concept. actually sort of central California. It's in the Sierras, and it's the highest mountain in the forty-eight contiguous states. So I thought, uh, maybe I oversold this just a little bit. <laughs> Did you want to back out? Yes, but he was already on the phone to his friends going, guess what? We're going to climb Mount McKinley about Whitney. Come join us. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh. oh, see there, you got your peer pressure. I am really in trouble now. And I was like, you know, do you realize this is steep and, and, and rocky and it could, it could snow? So, well, had you ever just done regular hiking? I had about? done hiking. Yes, okay. I had. But this is a whole different, a whole different thing. So every weekend we climbed up something during the week, you know, three or four times a week, six mile hike, five mile hike up, but not a problem. Every weekend, a whole day climbing up something. So we climbed up. How many weekends in advance did you prepare? Probably five to six months. Okay. So we climbed an 8,000 foot mountain and we climbed a 10,000 foot mountain and an 11,000 foot mountain. And every weekend I whined. How do you know I can do this? What if I can't do this? Whine, 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 whine. And eventually we climbed San Jacinto, which is the mountain above Palm Springs. Right. Which probably has lots of snow on it now. I've been there. And a lot of people take a tram up there, but you can also hike up to the top. So we're hiking up there, and it started hailing. And we went, oh, it'll stop. I mean, you know, I'm a fair weather hiker, but 75, 80, sun shining, I'm good. This was serious stuff. It gets it gets pretty chilly up there. This is the Very. one where you can go take the tram up and go to have a nice steak Correct. at the top, right? That would yeah. be the yeah. sensible That's thing the to do. That I've is had. the sensible thing to do, <laughs> yes. Or you can just hike it, up, hike up it. So we kept climbing, and eventually everybody went, you know what? This hail is not going to stop. So we started We're running down this mountain, and all of a sudden I realized this was fun. And I'm like, you know, this could work after all. So the next weekend we climbed up something, and I didn't whine. I, I was just wondering, were you working out in between your climbs so that you would have more cardi, you know, cardiovascular yes. uh, tolerance? We climb, we hiked probably three to four times a week, about six miles on uh-huh. local mountains uh, around, right around here. And then I also worked out in the gym. I even worked out on a treadmill in a gym that had a um, a chamber that simulated eight thousand feet. Oh wow! So I was I was working hard. Yeah. By this time, because I was determined. Now I was going because you don't want to embarrass yourself, right? I right, mean, you're but... with people and you don't want to, you know, not be able to do it. So, you know, we just kept climbing and kept training, and then in October we actually went to Mount Whitney and I made it to the top, and I'm like. I'm awesome. <laughs> I'm totally awesome. I can do, I can do anything. Now, uh, what was the height difference between Whitney and Whitney Kilimanjaro? is 14,500 feet. Okay, so another five to get you up to Mount Kilimanjaro. Yes, well, there's a world of difference in there. Now, if you look out at Saddleback, most people don't realize Saddleback is actually over 5,000 feet. It's over, actually, it's about 5,600 feet. So if you took about three Saddlebacks and stacked them up, you would have Mount Whitney. Okay. So it's quite an endeavor to get there. But I thought, you know, this is really cool. I am a powerful, awesome person. Did you go to base camp to acclimate at Mount Whitney before you went we, up? What you do is you stay, we stayed at Whitney Portal, which is about 8,600 feet. And you stay overnight there, which does give you some acclimation. And then we backpacked to 12,000 feet to trail camp, which I refer to as pile of rocks. And you stay there overnight, and then the next day you go up to the summit, hike back down to 12,000 feet, and stay over, and then hike out the next day. Okay. And all you want to do then is have a shower. Right. Because there's not one to be had, really. No, there isn't. No, there isn't. But a couple years later, now remember, we still got the Kilimanjaro thing hanging out there, right? That you haven't gone to do yet. That we haven't done yet. So a couple years later, some friends of ours called up and said, guess what? We're going to go to Kilimanjaro. Oh. So I went, 
Okay. Because this time I knew what I was in for. Right. So we spent the entire summer climbing up something again, all the way up to, um, there's a mountain called White Mountain, and it's across from Mount Whitney, and it's over 14,000 feet. And so we even two weeks before we went to Kilimanjaro climbed this 14,000 foot mountain just to make sure we were in shape. Oh, geez. Shouldn't you have given yourself a little more rest in between the journeys? uh, Probably. I don't know. You know, and you can't really, you never know how you will acclimatize. I mean, there are major athletes who can't handle altitude and other people have no problem with it. And they don't really know that until they get there. That's correct. That's correct. But the climbing gives the, the training gives you not only the physical capability of climbing, but also you know what it feels like. And that's just as important. What does it feel like to be at 15,000 feet? And to be huffing and puffing. It, and, and to learn how to breathe mm-hmm. and to get oxygen in. So off we went to Kilimanjaro, and it was, it was not easy, needless to say. There was one day, seven hours of sort of hand over foot over hand. Um, but there we were at the top of Africa. And then I knew I was awesome. <laughs> That's when I knew I was really awesome. Well, did you doubt it before? You know, you say in your bio that you were a lifelong non-athlete. Correct. Correct. So that you, was you me. You didn't relate to this aspect of yourself No. Very much. I mean, I grew up reading books and, you know, riding a bike. But that was, I grew up in North Syracuse, New York. It's not, okay. you know, the, the athletic capital of the world. And um, so before Whitney, I absolutely doubted it. That's what all the whining was about. Because I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to go to all this work, and maybe I can't do this. Right. But But what what was it inside of you that kept wanting to do it? That's the one I'm trying to figure out. That's hard to describe, and I don't really know. Um, What I learned was the the exciting thing about all of it, and it's kind of about your climbing the stairs. Right. Is there something... When you experience the challenge of doing something, especially in my case, something that I really trained for and I worked hard, and you accomplish it, and it is very difficult to do, but there's a feeling that you can't explain to somebody. You, you, it's something you want to do again. It's, it's You're alive when you do that. And people are like, why would you put yourself through that? I mean, why would you do that? Why would you struggle so much? Because you really are alive when Do you're doing that. I think it's like a meditation in a way where you get in touch with more aspects of yourself when you're harnessing all of your resources at one time. And we just don't do that in our daily lives. I've never heard anybody say that. It probably is. Now, whenever I would try to meditate, I would just fall asleep. So that doesn't me work too. for me. <laughs> but you're right because you're channeling everything in your body and your mind and it's not really your body like in your experience it's not your body that gets you to the top of that that is that 19,000 you know 340 foot mountain it's your mind right because there's so many times you go like why am I am I insane why am I doing this but your mind gets you there not your body and you have to clear this clear the deck of a lot of extraneous thought probably to focus your attention to get you you're living in the moment i mean you have to live in the moment right um one time i didn't live in the moment i was climbing down from mount baldy and i actually ended up sliding over the edge and somersaulting down part way down the side of baldy because i was feeling good i was happy i wasn't concentrating so you You learn let your mind trail off you learn to focus not to use it that's one of the things you learn a a trailer's pun (laughs) sorry (laughs) Shameless attempt at a joke. But one of the things you do learn is, you know, don't look where you don't want to go. Focus. You have to focus oh, on what you're I doing. Like and this that really one. teaches you to focus. And, you know, the thrill of this, and, I, and I, I relate it to business. Someone asked me the question, well, is there anything you learned on the mountain that you can relate to business? And there really is because you set a goal. You take baby steps. I mean, if you set a big, huge, lofty goal it's going to be little baby steps one step at a time and don't get yourself all worked up and think, Oh my gosh, when I get to 18,000 feet, what's going to happen? You just take one step at a time. And then the third thing is don't look where you don't want to go because that's where you're going to end up. So you need to focus on where you want to be and then don't give up. Just keep going. And that really applies to everything in life. And 
you know, what I discovered was that wonderful feeling that I wanted to share with other women, which is really how I started my business. I thought, you know, this is so awesome. And I'm not someone I never thought that I could do this. And once I did it, I thought, I can do anything. You know, life is always it changed your attitude. Throwing things at you, which is why my company is called Uncharted Journeys, because that's what life is. Life is an uncharted journey. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what the next thing you're going to face is. But once you've figured out that you're strong, you can deal with it. And you do. So you just, you can put up with all the things that go on in daily life because you know you can get through that. And I wanted to share that with other women. Why did you feel so compelled to take that experience and share it with other women? What other women? What, what, it was just too good to keep to myself. It was like, you know, the great secret. I think so many, you know, and I, I, I around business women all the time. I belong to the National Association of Women Business Owners in Orange County. I belong to no, eWomen no. Network in Orange County. And, you know, there's always a seminar going on. There's always a conference. And someone's always telling people, oh, you can do it. You can do anything you want to. And people get all fired up, right? Right. And they go home, and 48 hours later, they completely forget about it. Right. Because it doesn't have any meaning to them. It doesn't impact them in any way. But if you go out there and experience something like this, that has meaning. And so my, my focus is th- that, you know, just step outside of your comfort zone. And it's hard, you know. Cause and our, you think that's where the most rich learning can take place. Absolutely. The richest experience is where that takes place because, you know, we all get stuck in our little comfort zone and it might not really be all that comfortable, but at least we know what's in there. Some of it's actually quite uncomfortable, our little routines and habits and whatnot. Exactly. But if you step out of it, you find out what's possible. So after Kilimanjaro, you came back with not just a sense of satisfaction, but really a sense that nothing could conquer you. Exactly. And and how long did that carry on for you? That, that sense, did it change everything? It did because, you know, there's a lot, you have to talk to yourself a lot of times. I had a lot of, you know, situations that happened after that, that were very difficult. But you just have to remind yourself, I am strong and I can survive this and I can get through it. And even when you want to try something that is really outside your comfort zone, you just go, this is possible. And mm-hmm. so that's what made all the difference. I, um, I want to hear a little bit about what your mission is for Uncharted Journeys. Tell me a little bit more. Well, really, my mission is to inspire other women. And um, not, not other men or are you focus is just you on know, women? Tell me about that a little bit. Men seem to manage to inspire themselves. Um, You know, they do their own thing and they're fine. You know, taking it back to the mountain, I've climbed a lot of mountains with a lot of guys. Guys are just different. Guys, it's it's all about competitiveness. You know, it's all about... Do they need another man on the mountain to get to the top? Well, they get there faster if they they have another man on the mountain. Absolutely, because they have got to get... Even if they started out six miles behind that guy that they don't even know, they got to pass him. Right. So with guys, it's all about the competition of it. Women support each other. Women, women all love to help each other, whether it's in their career or life or whatever it is. There's nothing like a group of women to be the most energetic, enthusiastic people and say, I can help. Oh, let me. Oh, I can do that. Do you need this? I can help you with that. So women are so great to be around. So and the men change the dynamics. So. We don't need the men on the mountain. It is interesting. It does. It does take it to a different place. Not not to leave the men out of the equation because I'm sure they, you know, of all the people that are climbing mountains in my world, they are mostly men. Yes, they and, are. And you're, it, it, with exception, one of the few women. And so I I was trying to figure out why they needed to climb the mountain, 
and so many of them, it happens right around the, the late 40s, early 50s. Where That's true. It's kind of like buying a Corvette, you yeah, know. Exactly. My gynecologist, you know, <laughs> tried to induce labor with my third child. And they said, well, you know, I'm going to go climb Mount Whitney. Just hold on. I'll be back in three or four days. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You just induce labor and you're leaving me? And I have to just figure this out until you go climb a stupid mountain? What is this all about, you know? What does your wife think about this? Isn't she a little irritated? But, um, but yeah, there's this, there becomes this funny need. And I suspect it's different for men than it is for women. The reasons that get you to the top. I I do think that it is. I mean, some of it is they do want to challenge themselves, but they, you know, and some of them may climb it alone, but not too often they do. It is a competitive thing, just like mountain biking and, and all of those kinds of things that they do. So we're not worrying about the men. Now, I do have a new venture that we'll talk about a little later. Okay. And that's involving the guys because, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll let them join we'll us let in something. We'll let them join us for some of the fun. Exactly. Well, um, oh, I just lost my train of thought. Well, I think it is I think it is interesting to, um, to parse out the different reasons as to why. So, okay. And then so the general vision for Uncharted Journeys is... Well, the general vision, as I said, is to inspire women to step out of their comfort zone. And the vehicle that I'm using is, you know, I call them life-changing adventures. Now, they don't have to be, you don't have to go climb, you know, one of the highest mountains in the world. It could be something completely different. To me, a physical challenge is is the <clears throat> is the greatest way to do it. But, you know, if somebody wants to become a photographer or a radio show host... Um, you know, step out of that comfort zone and, and give it a try and it'll change your perspective on life. So, so give me an example of what some of the local adventures are that you're doing these days. Through well, Uncharted the local Journeys. adventures. Now I have a local hiking group that I started of women that I started about five and a half years ago. And I ended up actually moving away, not by choice and coming back. And I took over this group again and, you know, it's funny, they were all, they were so excited, like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're back. And, you know, we're, we want to do some new things and all this kind of stuff. And then, so I planned the first adventure that, that we were going to do and I, I emailed it out and all of a sudden the emails started coming back. Well, that, I don't, I don't want to drive that far. And, you mean, and give me an example of where, was it? It was to Whitney or no, no, no. It was probably an hour from here. And, (laughs) but the point is that, you know, they want an adventure, but they want a nice, comfortable little adventure. So already the whining started with them saying, "Uh, you want us to eat lunch on the trail? What happened to going to lunch afterwards? So I thought, you know, this is a harder job than I thought. Oh, so this is a bit of a local group then where you maybe hike once a week or Locally, I have a group called the Intrepid Trekkers, oh, fearless, that. brave, and bold. Okay, and we do have a, a hike every other week. And um, now the intrepid trekkers, and really most of my um, my clients would be me. You know, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out, well, who is my ideal you mean client? Your ideal client is similar to you, and then I realized it was me. Okay, and you know, when you hike, you have your ten hiking essentials, right? Our 10 hiking essentials. The top two are lipstick and pearls. Uh Uh-oh. We're very girly hikers and adventurers. We're not, you know, if you've got a 40-year-old backpack that you want to slap on your back and go climb a mountain on your own. You're not not with the Not my client. Not my client. But, um, you know, so we're we're girly girls, um, but we love what we do. We love to have fun. We love a challenge. Um, some people love a challenge more than others, and that's always kind of, you know, the, the thing that I face. I have recently discovered, however, though, that um, not everybody wants to climb a high mountain. I was like, really? They like to meander through the meadows? They do. And, and I had one event that I did about five months ago, and we went to O'Neill Park. Oh, that's lovely. And we hiked up to the top and then over it a bit, and there's a, a Ramakrishna monastery back in there. And um, so we did the hike, part half of the hike, we went down to the monastery. We did a little shopping, you know, little uh-huh. scarves and things like that. We hiked back out, we got in our cars, and then we went to a winery for a private wine tasting. Oh, that sounds like something I would join. (laughs) You see, this was the most popular adventure I did all summer. What was this one called? Well, that was, um, 
I, I can't remember what the name of it was, but it was the combination of hiking, shopping, and wine. drinking wine and that sold it. And lunching, yes. Yes. And so I got to thinking, maybe I need to branch out a little bit. So I've started a new venture, just just barely started, and it's Uncharted Journeys Uncorked. Ah, and so we're going to be doing wine tours um, and hiking wine tours, hiking hiking wine tours, uh, or some kind of trekking involved in that. Um, I've teamed up with a man named Peter Smith, who's an internationally known wine expert, oh, and lovely. he designs custom tours. Is he a local and gentleman? He is. Okay. And the first one we're going to do sometime in the spring, perhaps you'd be interested, it's in Tuscany. Oh, and I we're just going got to, back from there. We're going to Florence, Tuscany, Siena. So we're going to do some oh, trekking and we're going to do a lot of wine tasting and we're going to do a lot of other exciting things. We will allow men on this one. So people can bring their spouses. Exactly. If they want to. Um, because some women, despite what I think about, you know, being um, an independent woman, say, I never go anywhere without my husband. Okay. So this will address that issue. So we're very excited about that. So we're going to do, I don't know if you're even aware, there are at least probably six or more wineries in Orange County. And so we're going to do tours of Orange County wineries, and then we're going to do California tours, and then we're going to hopefully go to... Argentina and Chile and then maybe South Africa, which has an amazing wine country. And we can combine that with a safari. And a lot of walkabouts to be had. Yes, exactly. So if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Kimberly Martin's Real People of Orange County. I'm here with Heather McCoy in the studio. Heather's hiding out over there, hoping we don't ask her what the most recent hike she was on. Our guest today is Marilyn McGowan. And Marilyn is... Um, the CEO of Uncharted Journeys. It's an Orange County-based adventure company offering uh, innovative, inspirational, and life-changing travel experiences for women of all ages. Now, we haven't addressed that yet. I'm sort of thinking um, they're the... um, they're the frumpy, middle-aged kind of gal like myself. Is that true or not true? All ages. Um, and I would never describe you as such, Kimberly. Oh, gee, so, thank you. My Maybe it's just how I feel. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably. I would say, you know, our oldest local hikers are probably close to 70, and they can kick some major butt. Yep, I bet. And, you know, we pride ourselves on being able to you know, be stronger, faster, better than uh, a lot of the 20-year-olds on this campus. Probably so. So um, it really is all ages. I think, you know, and the women who still have children at home, it would be harder for them to get out to do, you know, something that takes 10 days, but they can certainly turn their kids over to their husband on a Saturday morning and come out and hike with us, and, and we do have a lot of that. Okay, so let's address that. If you're listening in and you're thinking, hmm, I want to see if I can get out of my comfort zone. I mean, let's take someone like me, for example, that wouldn't ever join a group like the Intrepid Trekkers because the name would throw me, and I'm not intrepid yet. It's kind of tongue-in-cheek, <laughs> by the way. Well, I'm sure, but I'm thinking... You know, I couldn't keep up with these gals. Do you have like a beginners, um, a place where beginners could join? Well, the way I run my hikes, we do have all sort of all levels and we can actually do that all together. You know, Orange County has tons of meetup groups. And if you go out hiking with a meetup group, which I've done a few times, I did not enjoy it. Tell me, have, tell me why. Well, they have a leader who, you know, this disparate group of people show up and they have a leader that says, okay, we're, we are going to be finished with this in an hour and a half and we're not making any stops because I've got to go to, you know, watch Yoga. the Lakers on yeah. TV afterwards. And it's miserable. It's absolutely miserable. That is not the way I work. Everything I do is very personal. Okay. Now, obviously, I know most of my hikers, some of them for five or six years, and they've stayed together all this time. But we cater to our groups. And if we always will get to a point and say, okay, what do you think? Do you, are you guys, you want to go on? Do you want to turn around? And sometimes we'll have, you know, two or three people that turn around and go back down and the rest of us will go on ahead. So Mm. it's, 
not completely a democracy, but it's close. A little bit. Well, I had an experience, you'll, you'll appreciate this, Heather, with uh, a fellow KUCI DJ, Elizabeth Zero. She um, she was, uh, well, we were, were part of a group called the, the Memphis Chicks. Uh-huh. And we get together periodically. Well, three, well, actually two of the four of us are in phenomenal shape. Hike and rock climb and do crazy stuff, Pilates, blah, blah, blah. And... Elizabeth, you know, probably walks on the beach a couple times a week. She's in probably the best shape she's been in in a long time. But uh, me, I've just been busy, you know, raising kids and feeding chickens. So I don't get out much. And um, we went on one hike one day. We just climbed up a bunch of steps in Tahoe to a lake. And that was phenomenal. I loved it. But then the next day, um, Julie, one of our gals, just wanted to take a walk on the rim trail. And it was a hot day, and it was miserable. We had just been out and, you know, living it up a little bit too much the night before. And Julie goes, I go, well, like, where are we going? And she goes, well, I don't know. We're just going to walk on this trail. And I go, well, for how far? And then she, and she <laughs> says, well, I don't know, as long as we feel like it. And I go, I am not just going to go walk down this trail for as long as you feel like it. Because that is like sounds like an endless trap to me. I never even know how far I'm going or when I'm going to get to go back. And I threw, I threw a fit. It was terrible. So you're the first oh, one that, that quit. That must not have been pretty either. <laughs> right there in the middle of the rim trail. And I wanted to cry. I wanted to stop my feet. It was hot. I was miserable. And I just, and I walked back. As someone said, that you go find a chair and sit down. Yeah. Someone is, don't you, put me into the big black hole. <laughs> I used to hike and anything above, Oh, I don't know. 75 degrees. It felt hot and miserable to me. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So you were a fair, you're a fair weather hiker too. Kind yeah. Of like what you said. Yes. And the, the heat obviously is a factor and you know, you'll see people out on a trail that it's 85 and they don't have any water. Now, if you're hiking with me, you, 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 we're not going to take you out there. Right. If you don't, I'd like if to you're know not where prepared. I'm going because the mental part of the, Exactly. Like you said, I have to be able to prepare and calculate. And like you said, wouldn't it have been great if they told me how many more steps I had to go so I could see that number click down and know that I was reaching my goal? And my hikers always know. I mean, I will never take anybody out anywhere that I haven't done at least twice myself. And I will tell them, you know, what the terrain is like, what the grade is like, you know, what the difficulty level is. So they will know and they can choose you know, to either come or not come. But um, we take all those things into consideration. So how long have you been doing this? I've been doing this for about six years in terms of all the local hiking and, and taking people on adventures. And one of my one of the exciting things I do is show people places that they never knew existed right here in Orange County. Great. There okay. are people that have lived here for 35 years, and I'll take them somewhere and they'll go, oh, I never knew this was here. This is fantastic. Right. So I, part of my enjoyment is just introducing people to places that they've never seen before. Like the local, the local Exactly. Stuff. Well, what would be some of the reasons somebody would choose your group and Chartered Journeys over another adventure travel company? Well, one of the reasons is what I just said, because I really cater to the people. The other reason is that if, say, you woke up some morning and said, hey, you know, I think I want to climb Mount Whitney. I can, I can train you to do that. I can train you from struggling to go up 481 steps or whatever that was. Right. And I can take you step by step and train you to be able to accomplish your goal. So whatever your goal is, I can help you attain that where other adventure companies, and I'm actually the only women's adventure company owned by a woman who wasn't sort of an Olympic athlete or something. I'm just your normal everyday person. Exactly. Or Joanne. And, or (laughs) yes, that. (laughs) And I can train you to do this where the other ones you sign up and they want to make sure you're in good shape right but they won't train you to do it you have to figure that out on your own well and i noticed on your website this was probably the thing that intrigued me the most was um your website is unchartedjourneys.com but on your website you talk about the pre-fitness for some of these major hikes because you do you do do international trips the big adventures as well as the local adventures but that pre-fitness is a is a really important component, isn't it? Absolutely. And like you found out when you unexpectedly had to climb stairs and you weren't in shape for it, you know, you have to be in shape for these things. Right. I climbed them anyway. I climbed them for two weeks straight. 
And let me tell you, I felt so much better after that two weeks. I, I came home on a high. Absolutely. And I wanted to I wanted to continue on from that point. Um, Absolutely. I and I, you know, we, we, we need to talk because yes, we can we get do. you back in shape. I think that sounds wonderful. This I love may be idea. my new challenge well, here, I, Kimberly. I'm not one of those gals that wants to exercise. I don't want to go to a gym. There's something about that that offends me, I guess. It just doesn't <laughs> even seem like that's where we're supposed to be. But being Do you feel out, like a hamster? Um, you know what? I'm one of those gals that after after about three weeks of going to a gym, I'll pay them that monthly rate to keep me out of the gym. You know, you sign uh-huh. up a commitment, you know, like whatever right. bucks a month is. I'll give you a hundred bucks a month just to make me not go. <laughs> and that's how miserable I feel. I just feel trapped. Well, can you do more of a short-term thing where, like, um, I, just I have don't a work out in a gym? I don't like it. I have a thing where I'm paying basically the city of Seal Beach a certain amount of money, and then I go and go do a lap swim every for 16 times essentially. So when I get tired of it, it's not like I'm not using it. It's just you know, it's not debited. You're not in a terminal yeah, situation. Yeah, right? and so like, but I mean, I I love going for swims. It actually relieves you of a lot of stress, and so you don't like exercising in that regard. No, not, not, not these days. <laughs> but see, but we I, have fun. But I That's loved, the whole thing. Yeah, we have I love feeling that strength come back again. And uh, that is a good feeling. Like you said, that, yes. that strength coursing back into your exactly. body again. Because everything about your whole life gets better and easier um, when you're stronger. Well, I, I mean, I have a question. What's been your greatest moment so far with Uncharted Journeys? Actually... What I said is is introducing women, is actually getting women to step outside of their comfort zone, women that have never done these things, finding out how fantastic it is to go hiking. And I have a lot of women who are now, you know, now they got their camelbacks and their boots and things that they never had before. They can't wait to get out there and hike and they see new places that they never knew existed and they want to keep doing it. And so that's really my greatest moment with you know, all of those ladies is that, you know, I have, I have inspired them. And so if somebody wants to go on one of these grand adventures like Kilimanjaro, are you still uh, scheduling those types of trips or preparing for those? I will do that. I do, I am not putting like Kilimanjaro on the books, um, but I will do it. You know, if, if six people come to me and say, we want to go to Machu Picchu or climb Kilimanjaro or whatever, we will, we will make that happen You're make for that them. Happen. Absolutely. Okay. And we talked about your ideal client being somebody kind of like me, really, where you take them exactly. from a place where they're not not doing much to really getting excited out there and um, and making something happen for them. I'm I have to tell you, I'm kind of glad to hear about the um, uncorked. But is that a little bit of a tie into the country? Hike and hoedown that you do in the canyon country. Um, hike and hoedown. It's um possibly is an offshoot of it because there was actually wine involved in that um what the kenya country there's i don't know that Some seems to be a common theme right don't stray far from our wine did i mention that i'm going to a wine tasting <laughs> tonight yeah, yes she looks she looks at her watch here we are doing a radio interview she looks at her watch to see how close she is to let's that see next the wine the is waiting um the canyon country hike and hoedown was um something that i produced actually created and produced for the benefit of Laura's house. And they provide shelter and services for victims of domestic violence. They're located actually in Ladera Ranch. And um, I think part of it goes back to my roots as a social work major at Syracuse University. And um, part of it is that I'm aware of the statistic that, well, one in eight women are affected by breast cancer. One in four women are affected by domestic violence. Those People numbers are staggering. Don't, they are staggering. And I'd been aware of Laura's house for quite a while, and I kept thinking, you know, I want to do so. I want to do something for them, and maybe I could do a hike for fundraising. Well, I did a lot of research. Nobody has ever done a hike for fundraising. They do runs. They do walks. A hike. But not a hike. Not a hike. And one day, coincidentally, I was at my favorite winery in Orange County, which I'll have to say is Jirashi Winery. Oh, they're I out was on, ask you they're out on Santiago ones. Canyon okay. Road at Jackson Ranch Road. And, um, Jirashi, did you Jirashi. say? Jirashi. I've never heard of it. Uh, it's, it's absolutely gorgeous out there. It's, uh, there's a ranch right next door. It's in, again, it's a part of Orange County that a lot of people have not seen. Um, it's... Basically, El Toro Road turns into Santiago Canyon Road. That's right. 
So if you're at Cook's Corner and you head toward the city of Orange, you will pass Jirashi. Jirashi. It's on a, on a corner. And um, so we happened to be out there tasting a little wine and got talking to the owner, whose name is Chad Kearns. And somehow, and I do not remember how this happened, he said, oh, my wife is on the board of directors of Laura's house. And I said, I need to meet her. So I met her. She and she said, you know, I'll do anything as long as it helps Laura's house. I'd be happy to do anything you need. She introduced me to the woman who's in charge of fundraising at Laura's house. And so I went to her and presented the idea of this hike to her. And they didn't know me. I mean, they had no idea who I was or if I was actually capable of doing this. And I should mention that I was a, a meeting and event planner for 15 years. Oh, and nice. I was also an incentive travel planner. And so I've taken groups all over the world. So okay. that's how I know how to do all this. So You've got that added component, the organizational component, I do. not just the tracking component. So I went to them and they said, well, it sounds like natural. a great idea. See what you can do. So I went back to Linda at the winery. We started looking for a venue. And ultimately, we held it at, uh, it's called the Santiago Event Center. And as it progressed, and we didn't have a lot of time. We didn't start talking about it until almost July. And as it progressed um, in my brain, it turned into the Canyon Country Hike and Hoedown. And I love the name. We came up with an awesome logo. The I had, fortunately, a lot, I know people, you know, it's amazing when you go to people and say, this is what I want to do. Can you help me? What they'll do, I have a woman who um, owns a company called Deliver It here in Orange County. She sponsored the venue. Um, what is she, a food person, Deliver It? Deliver It, they do overnight delivery service within Southern California. Okay. I went to the uh, woman who's the executive director of the eWomen Network in Orange County, and she sponsored the design of the logo. Um, and so it was just awesome the way it all came together. So when was your event? It was October 21st. Oh, wow. It was out there in the canyon. It was a misty day. And, you know, Southern Californians, you know, a little drop of rain. And they're like, oh, my gosh, I think I'll stay in bed and read the paper. (laughs) But um, we managed to get quite a few people out there. We had the hike. We had two um, park rangers that led the hike. One was around three miles and one was around five. So we gave them a choice. They could both sound too long for me to do. Which are oh come on, we had little, we had five year olds do this. Oh okay like? okay. Three is um, not the three is not that bad. No, not it was that great. Bad. We had uh, uh, a country western band. So the way we warmed up for our hike was we did a line dance. Um, we had five wineries that came out and provided wine for wine tasting. Very we nice. had food. We had um, vendors. We had a great time. And, you know, I spent the summer keeping myself awake at night thinking, oh, my gosh, am I going to end up paying for this all myself? Because right. it was my event, not Laura's house. It was mine. Sure. And I was actually able to write them a check at the end of the event. You raised so enough money, too. We did Tell raise enough money. Tell me about the winery participants. You mentioned some of these were all local. Um, boy, I wish I had a T-shirt with me to read the sponsors off the back. We had um, Orange Coast Winery, which is in Costa Mesa. We had Jirashi Winery. We had Laguna Canyon. We had Frisbee Cellars, I think it is. And then we had... One in, ooh, I can't remember the name of it. I think it's Newport Beach. How, how do you spell Jirashi? G-I-R-A-C-C-I. G-I-R-C-C-I. Oh, Jirachi. Like and Italian. They're, they're a great place to go because they also stable horses out there. So if you want to just go and get away from it all, that's the place to go. Okay, good, good. Well, I mean, it sounds like a, a delightful group of people came together, and then you raised some money. It was awesome. For and a my really important goal cause. for next year is to make it um, a movement. I want to create a movement um, because October is National Domestic Violence Awareness Month. That's right. I think we interviewed somebody during that month as well. And what I want to do is bring in all four shelters that are in Orange County and 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 raise funds for all of them. So I'm I'm going to start that like next week. Wonderful. Is there is there a growing need since um, the economy's kind of tanked and you know more stress is at the home? That is a very interesting question, and I don't know the answer to that. We'd probably have to ask the sheriff's I, department I wanna that question. Say, I want to say that that um, was one of the things we discussed when we had yeah. that sh- that one show. Um, and so yeah, I mean I could see where that would would be a, a 
direct correlation. Um, so then that leads you to uncorked. I want to hear more about uncorked because that might be a great jumping off point for me. Well, it might be. Um, I'm just really excited about it um, because it is a whole new thing. And at first, you know, I, I kind of came up with the idea and then I thought, well, was, I was a little worried that was a cop out, you know, like, gee, I, there aren't enough people who want to climb mountains. So maybe we need to do this. But I do realize like you were saying in Italy, there's all these little hill towns. Right. You can do a lot of walking and trekking and and drinking wine. And I know in Argentina, for example, they take people there and they do horseback riding on the beach, which is certainly outside of most of our comfort zones, as well as the wine tasting. So I and I think, as I said, too, it gives, you know, it gives the women an opportunity to take their spouse or take their partner with them. Right. Um, Are you going to do on our adventures? Local so, ones? You mentioned the yes, absolutely. One in yeah, Tuscany. definitely going to be working on those. So we want to do a little wine education as well as tasting. Okay. And then you're going to combine that with a, a local hike. Yes. Oh, we're going to do that, too, because I know you. I can tell you want to sign up for that one, right? i so, got to try. Uh, <laughs> i got to try something. If it involves food and wine, I'm in. <laughs> See, it's kind of like a bribe, right? You it's kind of like instead of singing for your food, you'll hike for your that, food. Yeah. It really, yeah. And it worked beautifully, you know. And, you know, if anyone who's ever hiked is aware that the last... Two miles of a hike is all, all you talk about is the food that you're going to have when you finish or how cold is the beer still that's been in your trunk. So, you know, it works. It works perfectly. Have people made it back? Because white wine gets on top of me really fast. No, we don't so, We don't deal with white okay. wine. Yeah. <laughs> switch to red. You'll be fine. If you're a serious wine drinker, yeah, you drink yeah, red. Yeah, switch to red. It's yeah. much better for you. Okay, so... One of the things that really intrigued me, and it comes across in every email correspondence that we had, is I, I kept being so mesmerized by your logo. And the logo has a little bit of a story to it. Maybe you well, can share that Well, it does. Um, and now, as really quickly, you can go see her logo at your website, right? UnchartedJourneys.com. Oh, well, that would be one way that uh, folks can get in touch with you. And my Facebook page. And you, okay, the whole Facebook thing, man. Facebook.com slash Uncharted Journeys. I believe you have a link to a blog as well that people can go to. That's I actually have not started a blog yet. You, but it says it on your website. So you Yes, must, it does, but that page coming. is empty right now. I got you. So it's, oh. it's coming. It's coming. We're gonna, it's coming. We're yes, coming, some, coming soon. Coming soon. Live chat about the whole thing. But the... Um, the logo is also on my website. There's some pictures and a little bit of a bio about you if you want to know more about Marilyn, and then you can go on to her site. Uh, it's on Real People OC. Tell me about that logo. What is it? Well, you know, when I, and again, this is something that sort of evolved. Um, when I chose the name Uncharted Journeys, you know, it really has a double meaning. I mean, yes, Uncharted Journeys is travel, but it's really life. Um, because life, as we all know, is an uncharted journey. You just never know what, what you're going to get. And so, and because my whole goal was to sort of help women at that point realize they're stronger than they think they are and they can deal with whatever comes their way, that's why I named it Uncharted Journeys. And then I got to thinking, well, I need a logo. And I wanted a logo people would react to. And first I thought about doing a spiral, but then everybody's done a spiral. And then I looked into a labyrinth because a labyrinth is unlike a maze. A maze has dead ends in it, like those corn mazes. Kind of like tricks. Do. Right, exactly. You yeah. come somewhere and you stop and you can't go any further. A labyrinth has twists and turns, but there's no dead ends in a labyrinth. And I thought that is the perfect metaphor for life. And so I started looking at labyrinths. There's very traditional labyrinths and all sorts of labyrinths. And then I found a designer that designed this particular one for me. So this is my custom labyrinth. And it's a petroglyph. It's, it's just made beautiful. to look like a petroglyph. So the backing of the card is taken from a photograph that I took in Monument Valley to get that color. And then we put the logo on it. And I also have it on my back window of my orange car. I love your orange <laughs> car. It's just like the color of the earth that you go trek about. I just thought that was fabulous. And I get phone calls. People will call up and say, I'm behind your car. What do you do? Oh, my gosh. That's so fun. Well, one of the things that I think is interesting, and you have to tell me if this is a connection that you wanted to make intentionally or not through your um, outbound adventure company. But there's a lot of tie-ins for people, these lessons on the mountain that you can apply to life and to 
business. Why is that so important that we continue to do that for ourselves? And what are some of those lessons? Well, and we kind of already talked about that, but I think the main thing is if you're going to climb a mountain, if you say, I'm going to climb Mount Kilimanjaro, not only is that a goal, but you put it out there. You know, if you tell people, I'm going to go climb Mount Kilimanjaro, that's, you're going to do it. And it was kind of the same thing with a hike for Laura's house. It was like, I thought I I could possibly be crazy. Nobody's ever done this before. But I went around and told people I was going to do it. So then I I had to do it, right? So I think that's one of the things. You know, people sit around and go, oh, gee, I I wish I could uh, whatever. But if you say, I'm going to do this, and you put it out there, and that's your goal, you've got to do something about that. Right. Then you start out with your little baby steps. And I really did learn that, that you can't, you don't climb a whole mountain all at once. You take one step at a time. And so in life or working with your kids or, you know, starting a business, one step at a time. I mean, you have to know where you're going, but you can only take one step at a time. And then again, you know, my favorite thing is don't look where you don't want to go because that's where you're going to end up. I love that one. I love that one. Now, if people want to get in touch with you and find their way to one of these adventures, what is the best place for them to start? Probably, you know, my, because you started off this this, uh, hour with your Facebook conversation. Right. I love Facebook because it's so interactive. Okay. Um, You know, websites are a lot more static and so they can, they can find me through Facebook either through Marilyn McGowan or Uncharted Journeys. They can pick up the phone and call me. They can use the, uh-huh. um, you know, Marilyn at unchartedjourneys.com. Okay. You know, any way they want to call me, they can call me. And I will, you know, they can be added to my Intrepid Trekkers list. I have 65 women on that list. Is that, that a get Facebook in, page or? that? No, that's my own list. So, okay. they, But they can contact me through Facebook and say, okay. hey, you know, add me to your list. They can also go to my, if they go to my website, they, when they sign up for my newsletters, they'll get a little booklet called Planning the Adventure of Your Dreams. And they can take this little self-survey and figure out how adventurous they really are. Okay. Um, So that's kind of fun to do, too. I had one friend that went, wow, I just discovered I'm not really adventurous at all. (laughs) Do you have some sample questions or? That's a good question. I it, it's more like, you know, would you rather, you know, do you like, do you mind sleeping on top of a glacier at uh, 19,000 feet and 12 degrees, or would you rather be in a five-star hotel? You know, and well, I yeah, have that's a lot an of, easy answer. <laughs> you know, I have, well, but see, here's my thing. You know, I have a lot of pe- women that'll go, I only stay in five-star hotels. Well, you know, uh, there's nothing I love more than a five-star hotel. Right. Let me tell you. But you miss out on a lot of experiences if that's the only place you want to stay. You know, sleeping at 19,000 feet on a glacier when it was 12 degrees inside the tent was not necessarily (laughs) my favorite thing, but it was a grand experience. Did you ever fear for your life on any of these adventures? No. Um, Kilimanjaro was the trickiest um, because there was what we refer to as exposure, which means you fall, you die. Right. Um, but no, okay. I, I didn't, even though I, as I mentioned, I did fall off the side of Baldy once, but, um, I only somersaulted three times, so it wasn't too bad, oh, but, um, and you're here to tell about that. And adventure. I'm here to tell about it. I love this one on your website called the reluctant campers getaway. There's a lot of people that when they hear the word camping, they, they it's really off putting, isn't it? <laughs> Well, actually, off-putting is a good word for it, yes. And um, there is this wonderful um, place up in the Sequoias near Kings Canyon, and they have these fantastic canvas cabins. Um, You can actually hike in a mile. You don't have to carry anything because they have feather beds, they have gourmet food, they have wine, and yet you're up in the mountains in a place that you never thought you could be unless you hiked 12 miles with a backpack, but you also can climb a 10,000 foot mountain while you're up there. So it's just, uh, it's just fantastic. Because how long does it take to hike 12 miles? How long does a hike take to hike? You know, people ask this question and I'd have to say that depends. If you're, right. you're hiking uphill with a backpack, I would say probably an hour, a mile for Ooh, the average person. <laughs> if you're hiking in O'Neill Park, for example, with some elevation gain, but you're at sea level, so you have no elevation, no altitude involved, 
For the average person, I would say half an hour a mile. Okay. That's my standard because you're going to stop and take a picture. And so I would say half an hour a mile. Well, wonderful. Well, I have to say, you know, after spending an hour with you, I do feel inspired to maybe think that I could perhaps do something like this. What about you, Heather? Would oh, you I've it? already done a few things like that. Would you do it again? Um, I don't know. One, one of the th- crazy things we did was we went snow camping in Yosemite Valley. So we were in a tent at like with snow and it was so cold. The Boy Scouts that we shared the campground with, because there was only like maybe three or four people there, uh, they actually built an igloo. So that's how cold it was. And the igloo stayed up the entire time we were there. So, um, yeah, it was freezing and it was hard to sleep. But, I mean, it was it's something that you won't experience anywhere else. And then people you tell people that and you're like, oh, my God, you did what? So it is something that's definitely worth the journey. Oh, it so is. When, I, when I said I was inspired, though, let me be clear. Oh, you don't want to sleep in an igloo? <laughs> I, was inspired, that no, I was inspired by the canvas tents and the wine waiting and exactly. the nice dinner. Okay. I'm, I'm, the put, feather I'm putting you on my list, though. I am that's what I was list. saying inspired to do. But All right. I'm happy to hear that though, that for any range of enthusiasts, um, it seems like they could they could find a path towards Uncharted Journeys. And Absolutely. That, that would be a really wonderful place to start if you're thinking of doing this. Finding some like-minded people um, probably is the best way to go, right? Absolutely. I'm putting you on my list. All right. Well, I can't wait. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go to the website and sign up. And then up, um, and thank you for being in the studio today. I hope we I hope we treated you well, and we were easy on it you. It was great fun. Thank okay, you. good. Yeah, thanks. It was a good long hour discussing um, the possibility of me getting off my uh, swivel chair here and going trekking about with, with Marilyn McGowan and Uncharted Journeys. So um, up next, we have Matt. Oh, up next is going to be... Counterspin first, then Matt Kaplan Kaplan Planetary Radio. With Planetary Radio. I love Matt. He's such a gentleman and he's just he's he's just a good guy. So uh, welcome Matt into the studio here in just a second. Thanks again, Heather.